So I completed the next step in my real estate investing journey. We've gotten to multiple steps now in order to get to purchasing a home, and I'm gonna tell you about it. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, my name's AJ, and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we begin, please smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm, give us a subscribe, throw comments down below, anything that you give us will help us out and we can spread this information to more people so that they can learn about financial independence and properly deal with their finances, become wealthy and successful like the rest of us. If you've been following me recently, I've, been I've told you that I'm looking for a new property to invest in. I've done several episodes where I've talked about kind of where my setup process is right now. Um, I did an interview where we talked about what the um, how I look for properties, the important things I think are needed when finding a property, like the people that you're going to need to be successful. And then I did an episode where I sat down and broke all the numbers down for investing in a property to make sure that we're doing the right deal so that we know when a deal is mathematically workable. We looked at things like cash on cash return, uh, return on investment, principal pay down, appreciation to try and determine what deals are good deals when investing in real estate. Or just to sum up that episode, we're looking for something that appreciates really well. So I talked about how to find properties that will probably appreciate in areas where there's a lot of good growth. And the other thing that we need to make sure that we're doing is cash flowing. That's the cash on cash return. You don't want a property that's, you know, even though we may be able to make money off of the appreciation, we don't want a property where we're having to put out cash from our own pocket in order to keep it going. We need to make sure we have a good cash on cash buffer that will be able to pay down the bills and the mortgage and keep that property going without us having to do anything out of our own pocket. So why am I here today? So I'm here today because I completed the next step in this journey as I'm looking for another vacation rental. And I promised that I would show you each step as we go. And since I've already completed a lot of the pre-work, we're gonna start actually looking at homes here pretty soon. And you get to see what it is that we're looking at and why it is that we're considering certain things. So the step that I just completed was the pre-approval letter with my lender. In a previous episode, I talked about calling around and finding the best deal. So I called around and I looked and it turned out that the deal I liked the most was with the lender I already used. Big surprise, but I've called around before and I found this and, uh, I found this lender before and now this is the third time I'll be using them. So it makes sense that they continue to be the best option for me to go to. I think that they also are more willing now to kind of help me out, whereas before um, they needed me to help myself out. So they've seen that I'm a good bet. I've got several loans out. I pay them back. My properties are cash flowing. And because they can see all that, I look like a really good candidate for them to continue to help because they know that I'll be borrowing more money in the future. And then they can turn around and sell those mortgages to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and make a bunch of money. So what's a pre-approval letter? So a pre-approval letter is a letter by your lender saying they've done their due diligence to ensure that you will most likely get funded for a deal. Does not mean a deal is guaranteed as most pre-approval letters will have contingencies that talk about the property still needs to be inspected. It needs to match the expectations of the lender because you have to remember the collateral of your loan is the property itself. So they wanna make sure that it's worth them putting money into. They're putting in more of their money than you're putting in of your money. They wanna make sure that this is a good deal. Um, and so there's a few contingencies in there, but mostly 
the idea is to say like, hey, we looked at this guy's finances, assets, debts. We've already considered all the main barriers that might prevent him from getting a lending. And we've determined that he is qualified and assuming that all this other stuff lines up, we will give him a loan. This is important because when you go to look at properties and you want to actually make an offer on a property, if you have a pre-approval letter, that puts you way ahead of the game. It tells the seller, not only are you serious about looking at this home and purchasing it, but also that they don't have to worry about you being able to get lending. So from a seller's perspective, and recently we sold a property, it can get a little frustrating, especially in a market where it's a buyer's market. You'll get people who come in and they're like, we want to put an offer down. Ah, psych. Ah, we want to put this offer down. Ah, just, just pretending. Um, and they'll kind of move around like that. And there's nothing, not a lot you can do about it because you're just hoping that someone finds the value in the property that you expect to be able to sell it for and then sell that property and be done with it. And so it's a little bit of a struggle to try and find someone who's serious about buying your property. When someone shows up and says, hey, look, I did my due diligence. Here's my uh, pre-approval letter. It kind of tells them like you're already pretty significantly into this buying process. Now, it may not be their house that you're buying ultimately, but at least it gives them some peace of mind. So let's take a look at the letter and you can kind of see the different details on it. And I'll explain some pieces so you understand what it looks like. As you can see, uh, like our good buddies over at the federal government, I've redacted some portions here that uh, I don't think you need to be looking at. But that's okay, we still get the general idea. So at the top, you can see the lender is SWBC Mortgage. They primarily and only work on mortgages and mortgage lending. So this is their speciality. Um, I've mentioned before that banks tend to be some of the worst deals in terms of lending that a mortgage or like a credit union uh, will do a better job and provide better rates. So I would recommend looking at companies that specialize specifically in lending and mortgage lending. So starting from the top, based on the information provided by the prospective applicant, the loan officer has determined that the prospective applicant is eligible and qualified to meet the financial requirements of the loan for the following loan term. Loan amount, $412,500. So if you recall, I said I was going to put down 25%. And if you were to take $412,500 and... Uh, that's 75% of the total loan or the home that, that I would be purchasing. So I set the amount of the home at $550,000. That's a little bit high for me in my numbers and my estimations, but um, I want to make sure that I'm a little bit above what it is that I think I can do. So it gives me a little bit of a buffer. The qualifying rate is at 6%. So investment rates are higher than personal rates but the average personal rate is getting close to 6% now. So just in the last week of having this approval letter, the interest rates are going up pretty significantly. That might help me because housing prices might drop even more due to that factor, and I still have this 6% rate locked in for a 90-day term. The loan term is 30 years on a conventional conforming fixed loan, and that just means it's a 30-year loan, it's fixed, it's not an adjustable rate loan, and if I get this locked in, I'm locked in for the 30 years, assuming that I don't um, refinance in any way. But also the lender is locked in for that same 30 year time frame, So the deal will continue regardless, as long as both sides meet their expectations. In my case, it's paying it. And in their case, it's not calling it home. 
The prospective applicant has provided the loan officer with the following information in writing. So this is important. So this tells the seller that I've not only gotten like a high five, you're good to go, but I've actually provided my financial information to them on paper. It wasn't just me telling them what it was. I showed them things like pay stubs, asset statements, debt statements, everything that they could see. And, and then in this next section here, you see everything is checked off. So I showed income, yes. Assets, yes. Debts, yes. SWBC reviewed credit report, yes. SWBC reviewed credit score, yes. So it tells them that we've gone through pretty pretty significant portions of what would already be the lending process. Now, what I like about this too is that when I actually go to purchase a home, SWBC has a lot of this information. Some of it'll have to be updated like pay stubs. They want you know up-to-date pay stubs, but a lot of it will remain the same, and which is an important thing and, and something that I'm just now considering uh, or just now remembering. If you're looking at purchasing a home between the pre-qualification period and the actual purchase, like the day that you sit down and you sign the paperwork, don't go get any new loans for anything. You, you don't need a new car loan. You don't need a new uh, line of credit on a credit card. Just expect to leave everything alone in that time frame. Uh, it will mess stuff up if you are doing those things between your pre-approval letter and then your final approval for lending. So then below all that, it says qualification is subject to the following conditions. This is not an approval or commitment to lend on the terms described above. In addition to the above parameters, your uh, conditional qualification is subject to the following conditions. So what this says is, you know, everything looks good, but we're not promising to be to actually lend um, if the deal doesn't look like we want it to look like. So I'll read these points off real quick. Receipt of complete loan application and all its supporting documents requested. So again, like I was saying, you're still going to have to make sure that you provide more documents, but they have a bunch already, which is nice. So it you know, kind of alleviates the process at that point. Uh, two, lender verification of the information provided by the prospective applicant. They're going to they're gonna do their due diligence to make sure that um, I'm not fudging the numbers here. Three, the prospective applicant's financial status and credit report remain substantially the same until loan closing. So this is what I was just talking about. Don't change your, your credit or your financial status. It's okay if it fluctuates like a point here and there, but you go buy a car and you get a 50 point change in your credit score. That's going to that's going to annoy some people. Four, the subject property meets SWBC requirements. So this is where, as a part of the process of purchasing a home, you're going to have to get it assessed. You're going to have to get it inspected. They're going to make sure that the property meets all the requirements. Um, this also includes whether what value. So the assessment part is what value they think the home is at. So if you're purchasing, let's say we did purchase a $550,000 home and they're lending $412,000, they want to make sure that they're actually buying a $550,000 home. So if the assessor comes back and says, no, this is actually a $500,000 home, they're going to expect you to either attempt to negotiate and adjust that price or come up with the difference in cash so that it doesn't show up on the balance sheet in the end for them. They don't want to be lending money and taking a risk on a property that's that you are overvaluing. Um, you know, that always gets a little bit fuzzy. You know, assessments are, are tricky and sometimes they're accurate, sometimes they're not. So this is, this is where, you know, hopefully you get someone who's good and you don't have to worry about this stuff. And to this point, I haven't had to put any fights up for this. So that's good. 
the loan as described uh, to remain available in the market, meaning that, you know, at, so, at some point, this is not really true with a 30-year fixed, but there could be times where you get approved for like a um, an ARM adjustable rate mortgage, and then they no longer uh, provide that mortgage like three months later when you're trying to actually purchase the home. The prospective applicant executes the loan documents the SBC requires. So again, provides all the information. And then lastly, it says the following additional conditions are complied with and it's all blank because they don't have any additional requirements for me, um, at least not this time around. That could change depending on what Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac do. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. There we go. SBC's mortgage corporation's obligation to extend you a mortgage loan conditioned upon you satisfying the conditions set forth above, as well as other customary residential mortgage pre-closed conditions. If you have any questions, feel free to contact our office. And that's it. So that wasn't too hard, real simple, just basic information saying that my lender has done their due diligence in making sure that I am a good candidate for them to lend to. They've looked at the documents and this document is going to help me when I'm looking at homes. And if, if we end up in a situation where I, I found the property I want and there's multiple buyers and I have this pre-approval letter and they don't, I'm going to be way ahead of the game. Furthermore, if everyone else has a pre-approval letter and you don't, you're way behind the game of everybody else. So this is a very important step in ensuring that you're set up and ready to go. It also means that I've figured out all the finance bits and now we can move forward in looking for homes. And so that's what we're doing. We're looking at properties. So as we find properties that we're interested in, I'll update you guys. We'll look at some of the stuff. I have a property I want to show you maybe for an episode next week and you can see um, we went through our due diligence and looking at the property. We had our um, general contractor take a look at it and decided not to go for it, which is a little bit depressing. I was kind of excited about it, but that's okay. We're still going to make content out of it, which is always good. And lastly, I learned something really interesting that I did not know before, and I might go into more of this in the future in a different episode, but in accounting for properties, you should account for your properties as separate entities, almost like separate businesses. Here's the income for this and the out uh, and the expenses for this. Here's the income for this one and the expenses for this one and keep them as separate. Apparently, when Freddie, May, when Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are looking at this stuff, they don't want to see everything all chunked together. If they see it all chunked together, they'll consider your entire loans as, against you when looking at your debt to income ratio. If you have the properties set individually, they will ignore loans on properties where you have positive cash flow. I know that that's weird because at the end of the day, when you math it all up together, it ends up being the same, but that's how they like to see it. So on my first two properties, we had positive cash flow. We were good to go. And then on the most recent property, we we're negative because we just set it up. We repaired it. We furnished it. It cost us quite a bit of money to do that and it won't cash flow in a fiscal year until next year on our tax return so it would have helped me if i'd have um, accounted for them separately to begin with and then i wouldn't have gone through the headache of trying to figure out how to prove my income was high enough to get over those debts so for the future uh, make sure you do that i'll make sure i do that we'll make an episode about it because uh this is kind of deep into this episode, but thanks for stopping by. I super appreciate it. Check out wealthiest.com. Make sure you smash that like button and I'll see you guys next time.